This is James Edwards with the Warriors Cry podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today as we actually have another interview with an exciting host of a fellow podcast, The Dirty Christian, as well as a guy that also has a Facebook page that has uh, quite a few likes, uh, one that uh, definitely is uh, a great Facebook page to actually review and join and you know, and uh, listen in to the opinions and uh, all of the different things that they have on that uh, Facebook page. But uh, today's interview is with Drew Kaler, the dirty Christian himself. And uh, I'm so excited to actually have him on the program because, you know, first off, the whole point behind the Warriors Cry is to open that dialogue between all of the various different types of churches, the denominations, the different people groups in the body of Christ. And Drew happens to be Reformed, uh, Calvinist. Um, so, you know, that's definitely an interesting uh, twist because I don't necessarily believe that way personally, uh, but I'm not going to discount um, his viewpoints or anything of that nature. I think it's awesome to actually have him on this program and to kind of discuss the mission of the Warriors Cry and his opinion about all these different things. Now, I will say that Drew is not a pastor. I repeat, he is not a pastor. He is not a leader of a church. However, Drew has somewhere around 23,000 followers on his Facebook page, which means that he is just as, if not more influential than the most pastors out there, um, which is definitely a uh, an awesome opportunity to kind of glean his knowledge and uh, and maybe kind of learn from him so that I can maybe grow the Warriors Cry uh, ministry itself. But um, the interview is roughly about 30 minutes long. Um, there are some rough edits in there because uh, our Skype connection kind of went in and out. Um, so I, I hope that you bear with us as you listen to the interview. Um, in some places may seem like it just kind of jumps around um, I will try to post a transcript in thewarriorscry.com so you can kind of read along uh, of all of the different areas that may have gotten kind of botched in my editing. But I really do appreciate you joining us this uh, uh, this podcast and you know engage with us at thewarriorscry.com as well as facebook.com forward slash thewarriorscry. Uh, we're also on Google Plus and Twitter. Um, and... Uh, yeah, stay tuned for the interview, and I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Hey, this is James Edwards for the Warriors Cry podcast. It's my pleasure to introduce that we've got Drew, Drew Kohler. Uh, is that how I pronounce your name? It's uh, pronounced <laughs> it's pronounced Kaler, but it's Kaler. okay because okay. nobody else knows how okay. to do that. All right. Well, it's Drew, Drew Kaler, and his uh, Facebook page is The Dirty Christian. Um, I've been following him for a little while and, and really excited to have uh, Drew on the program today. Um, so, Drew, before we get started... Tell us a little bit about The Dirty Christian, what you want to do with your ministry, and uh, a little bit more about yourself. Well, thank you uh, so much, James. Um, yeah, I, uh, 
you know, lots of people ask me about the Dirty Christian, and and they seem to think that it's um, either it's a parody website where I'm making fun of Christians, or that I'm just so misled and confused that I have no idea that uh, I should be named the Dirty Christian. However, I do have a good and valid reason to call myself the Dirty Christian, uh, namely that uh, I am a firm believer that. Uh, as a Christian, I still struggle with sin and that, that all Christians do, uh, which makes us imperfect. Uh, the only perfect one is Jesus Christ himself, who washes us clean with, the, uh, with his blood and with his regenerative, regenerative blood um, uh, unto salvation. And so uh, I try to make no misnomer that, that I have it all figured out. Uh, in addition to that, uh, it is a provocative name. It gets people to come to visit the page uh, that would hopefully never, you know, or would be the type of person that would never visit a Christian page before. But now they're like, oh, the dirty Christian, what is this about? And they can see the gospel. Uh, and ultimately, it's about getting dirty in discipleship with other believers uh, because we have so many people. We, we've become a, a salvation culture in our church and not a discipleship culture. And so I feel like uh, I am constantly correcting biblical inaccuracies that people have culturally learned and embedded uh, within their own theology. Sure. Well, and, and that's that's awesome, and I'm glad to actually have you on the program, because uh, The Warrior's Cry, just so you know, is all about unity in the body of Christ. You know, when I first started this uh mission many years ago, um, the podcast hadn't been fully realized yet. The goal behind the Warrior's Cry was to really open a dialogue between the different churches uh, and leaders uh, from the different churches to actually communicate together to create unity in the body of Christ because um, Jesus commands us to be unified, be one mind, be, uh, be of one judgment. He commands us to be that way, uh, but we are all so different. We all have a different part in the body. So I'm going to start with our foundational verse uh, for the Warrior's Cry, and uh, we'll go from there. And that's 1 Corinthians um, chapter 1, verses uh, 10 through 13. And it says, Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree, let there be no divisions among you, but you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. For I have been informed concerning you, my, uh, my brethren, by Chloe's people, that there be no quarrels among you. Now I mean this, that each one of you is saying, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Cephas, and I of Christ. Has Christ been divided? Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So when I read that verse to you, Drew, what does that say to you? Um, I mean, it, to me, it just it seems very plain and simple. The, the, the fact of the matter is that we as human beings put uh, a lot of emphasis on other human beings and we follow them, uh, which uh, it, it, it's definitely in the, in the realm of, of Christianity, it's definitely not a good thing. Uh, but at the same time, you know, even Paul says, you know, follow me because I follow Jesus, you know, because I follow Christ, let me be the example because Jesus isn't here right now and, and you can't watch him do the things that he does. So, uh, follow me. So I think that, I think that the verse itself is, is very clear in saying we need to stop the divisions. We need to stop the, the, uh, theological divide 
of course, unless it's like some sort of heretical thing that people believe. But, uh, you know, prime example myself, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Calvinist, uh, not, not, uh, not by choice. Uh, I wrestled with it for a very long time and I became reformed probably within the last, uh, about a year and a half. But, um, I was an Arminian and I, I, you know, was, was very devout to that. And so, uh, but I never make it, you won't know that unless we have a discussion, uh, about my theology. Uh, you're, you're not going to know, uh, I, it's like CrossFit and vegetarians, right? Or vegans, uh, <laughs> you know, Calvinists, vegetarians and, and CrossFitters, like they like to tell you that that's what they are. Uh, that's not really my thing. So for me, um, I think that I look at, I look at uh, different theology as in uh, different lenses on a pair of glasses. If you're looking at a pair of glasses and you've got a, a purple lens on your left and a green lens on your right, uh, what's in the middle of those lenses is the cross, then it's okay. Uh, if if the, the end result of your lens does not show the cross, then there is a problem and, and then, it's, then, then there needs to be something uh, addressed and discussed. Now, we've had that discussion a few times on your Facebook page, um, you know, because you posted a couple of memes about, you know, if if the gospel is less important to you than your theology, then you're doing it wrong. Um, and we've had that discussion a few times. And, you know, uh, the biggest thing for me is, you know, I'm a spirit-filled Christian. I believe in speaking in tongues and prophecy and all that kind of stuff. However, I'm not going to tell you that you have to do that in order to be saved. I don't think that that's right. I don't think that's um, kosher. Um but, you know, at the same time, I think that every member of the body of Christ is diverse. We're, we're different in the sense that we all have our different journey to find the cross, like you were talking about. But at the same time, we all have different experiences within that body as well. What do you think about that? Well, you know, I came up uh, in, a, in a very... I, I was about 21 years old when, when I was born again, and so um, I came up in a very spirit-filled, charismatic, Assemblies of God, Kojic-type uh, environment. Uh, so I, I absolutely believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I believe in prophecy. I believe in speaking in tongues. Um, I don't, I'm not of the mind that those gifts have gone away like many Reformed people are. Um, and I thank God that I've had that experience um, to come from from a background like that to where I'm at now. Uh, however, I think that um, I think that the church has has drastically abused the gifts, uh, and that that's my fear. So it's almost like it's, I, I look at everything as a pendulum swing. You have the extremes on both sides. You know, you've got the guys that say no gifts are not there. Then you got the guys that say it's all about the gifts. Uh, I think that they need to meet in the middle, but I think that the problem uh, is because of the abuse, so many people have just said, you know what, uh, like Paul says, I'd rather just, if you don't, if you do all those things, but you don't have love, then you're nothing. And so uh, I would much rather speak the plain language of the language of the people than ever speak in tongues and cause confusion. Right. And uh, I think many Reformed people kind of go in that direction because... Um, they don't want to abuse that, and I think that there's a fear of abusing that because of what we've seen. So um, I don't know if, if that answered your question. I wasn't I wasn't sure if I went off there on a, <laughs> a tangent. That's okay. I mean, the thing that I, I was getting at is, I mean, the, the problem that I have today that, that I see in the body of Christ is you have, like you said, on the far left side of the pendulum, you've got these reformed people, these very hard-nosed folks that, that want to turn down the gifts and in the same time, they want to criticize everybody that does practice those things. Um, 
And you have whole denominations that are committed to breaking down the other denominations. And, mm-hmm. you know, granted, there are, you know, some crazy beliefs out there. Um, but, you know, if your entire mission is to tear down another, you know, uh, another um, theology, even though they preach the gospel, you know, mm-hmm. um, I have a problem with that just personally. I, I think that that's kind of yeah. hard for me to understand. Um and and I came up as a Lutheran, you know, and uh, I got spirit filled much later in my life. So I kind of came from it from a different angle. You came through the spirit filled side of things, and then went to the reform side. I came from the reform side and went more to the spirit filled side. Um, yeah. So I see kind of both sides, but at the same time, I don't think that it's right for us to criticize or to break down or tear down each other because you know, the Bible does say you know, that uh, that we are diverse members of the body of Christ, and I can't say to the finger, you should be an eye. You know, right. the hand should not say to the foot, you should be a hand. Um, so I think we all have our place in the body. Um, and, and that's where the interesting thing comes up from about unity. And I've had several discussions where people say that if we don't all become eyes, then we can't be united. And, and I have a problem with that. So, you know, that brings me to the next question, you know, uh, what are some things that you think brings unity and disunity to the body of Christ? Well, I think that I think that sin <laughs> brings disunity to the body, uh, and and what I mean by that is the the there's an amount of pride I think within within the church, and and going back to what you were saying uh, about the people that cling to their theologies uh, is that if you aren't willing to hear the other side or, or to, to learn, um, if you are dead set on the, this is the way it is, period, uh, and, and, and I'm never going to learn anything else, uh, I think you shut yourself off. And I think that that is one of the major issues with disunity is that people shut themselves off. Um, we forget that, that the gospel and making disciples is important. Now, the gospel obviously is the most important because you can't make disciples unless – the gospel is being preached first. Um, but then in that, uh, the church itself has done a terrible job in making disciples of Christ. They've made great disciples of their denominations, but they aren't doing a very good job in teaching how to become, uh, you know, to walk like Christ, to act, you know, to, to act Christ-like and to, and to um, come to an understanding of the scriptures for, for themselves now, theology is very important, and I think that we would be foolish to say that theology is 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 useless because it helps to kind of guide. It's a good plumb line to guide you um, in your pursuit of truth. But if you are so sold on your theology and you evangelize your theology more than you evangelize the gospel, then you're you you truly have a religion based off of man and not God. So to me, that that's the disunity part. Um, and I think to bring unity, it's just, it really needs to be the focus of the gospel and not, not the focus of, the focus of salvation. Cause that's where churches I think go wrong is that we, we get so consumed by the altar call that we are not consumed by, uh, what is happening outside of the church after Sunday. Uh, and, and it's become a numbers game and obviously in lots of circles, it's become a prosperity game and that's kind of scary too, uh, it really is the gospel, and then understanding the gospel uh, in in a in a multifaceted uh, idea of different people's 
theologies. Right. And, you know, the interesting thing is, and I just made this, um, you know, or discovered this really the other day, uh, while, like, studying the scriptures, I saw, you know, if you look at all of Paul's epistles, you know, he always starts with the gospel. He always starts with who Jesus is, what he accomplished on the earth, and what he did. And he constantly says, hey, I didn't come to you with eloquence of words. I came to you with the cross and him crucified. That is the gospel. That is the simplest way to say it. It's all about Jesus. It's all about him dying. And it's all about him being raised from the dead. You know, all this other stuff, you know, if you look at later on in the epistles, most of the later parts of the books were a lot of Paul's opinions. It's not mm-hmm. like they're less valid by any stretch of the imagination, but he said, this is me speaking, not necessarily God. So when you talk about, like, women preaching in church and when you talk about, you know, uh, uh, the order of service and all that kind of stuff, that's not necessarily, you know, God saying that. That's Paul saying what he thinks should happen personally. And then later on, we see that he says that we're looking in a mirror darkly, that we don't know the whole picture. We don't see everything because, you know, we're imperfect beings. We won't know everything until the perfection comes, like 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says. You know, some people use that verse in um, 1 Corinthians 13, you know, they uh, love is patient, love is kind, and so forth and so on. But later on, it says um, that tongues will cease when the perfection comes, and prophecy will cease when the perfection comes. And people say that perfection is the scriptures. That's not necessarily true because, you know, if perfection had come, we'd already be be standing in front of the throne of God, honestly. Right. Yeah, I don't don't agree with that at all. I I think that that's kind of a poor excuse for for lack of understanding. Right. Uh, You know, there's, there's no... Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, in the studies that I've done, there there is no there is no direct and obvious correlation of the word perfection in that in that verse to mean the scriptures. And I think that that's to me that's on the level of like the KJV only people that are just like, well, this is the only scripture that matters, and it's the most direct translation. And and to me, that's just again, it's arrog- it's human arrogance, right. it's human arrogance and human misunderstanding that that causes all these conflicts. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've actually got a uh, church down the road from where I live at that was a King James-only version uh, Bible church, and uh, they hosted a huge Bible burning a few years ago where they burned denomination or like uh, uh, translations from all these other churches and all these other uh, translations, and it was, first off, it was offensive, but the bad thing is it actually made it all the way to Fox News and all mm. that kind of stuff, and it was a pretty embarrassing thing. Um, luckily that church no longer exists. Um, but I know that that thought is still prevalent out there. I mean, honestly, if you want the most direct correlation or the most direct translation, learn Greek, learn Hebrew, learn Aramaic, you know, honestly. Um, I mean, I personally read the new American standard because, uh, you know, historically speaking, it's one of the most accurate. However, I don't think any translation has, uh, any, thing better than another translation. They all have specific things and specific ways of wording things that are valuable. Um, you know, like for example, the Bible app, a lot of times I'll go and look at different translations to see what that same verse says in different translations to really understand it. Um, so, you know, um, the next question I'm going to ask is, uh, what is, what is one thing that you would like? Um, because I know you're not really a pastor, uh, so to speak, uh, but what what is one thing you would love to ask other pastors or leaders in in the church? 
I think I would I would ask them what their what their intention is. I mean, I think that tells a lot about a person. Um, you know, is is your intention to get the gospel message out there? Is it to build disciples? Um, is it to? I, I mean, you know, it's one of those that, that's one of those questions where I feel like you're gonna get a story behind that answer. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, you, you probably won't ever get the truth because I think that our, I think that our, our pride kind of hides the truth sometimes. Uh, for example, um, it would be foolish of me to say, you know, with the dirty Christian webpage that, that I'm not, uh, desiring some sort of notoriety. Uh, you know, that is, it would be, it would be ridiculous and a lie if I didn't say that, you know, I do like, I do enjoy the attention. My pride is absolutely fed when people say nice things about me and it hurts my feelings when people say bad things about me. Um, but I'm not going to hide that and I'm not going to, I'm not going to feed you a line and say, Oh, it's just, it's all about the, the, the gospel. It's all about, I mean, because I mean, in my heart of hearts, that really is what I desire. But, uh, you know, I, I started the dirty Christian because I felt like people were doing things wrong. And people were not teaching the right things, and so that that my opinion had to be more valid than someone else's opinion at some point. And uh, but you know, I I try to be very self-aware. Uh, I really don't. I mean, I make mistakes all the time, and and I I will. It may take me a while to to own up to it or admit my flaws, but uh, I make mistakes, and I'm cocky and arrogant sometimes, and and really can just be unloving and. Uh, I deal with lack of compassion for people a lot, um, but I believe that God is continually uh, changing me and maturing me and growing me up. So to to get back before I derail this entire question, uh, <laughs> I would ask I would ask pastors what their intention is. I mean, is it to is it to grow your church or is it to just plant seeds, water? I mean, Paul says that I that some plant some water and then God provides the increase. So. Uh, if if pastors at least recognize that that it's not going to be a, about the 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 great things that they say uh, and how convincing they are because Paul wasn't a great speaker and he spoke the truth. Let the Holy Spirit do His work. Preach the gospel. Preach the truth. Let the Holy Spirit convict, and then I think that you'll see real believers, and the church would not be in the situation that it's in today. Well, and that that brings me back to a really good point. You said this earlier that you think that the church is so obsessed with salvation and not necessarily the gospel that. Um, that we kind of forget what we're doing, really. Um, and, you know, and I've had that observation, too. I think a lot of times um, the church really gets uh, to the point of where it's all about, well, invite your friends, invite your friends. If you love them, invite your friends to church. And, you know, there's obviously a place for that. I'm not going to say there's not. Um, but really the church was never intended uh, for the lost person. I mean, it was it was intended for those that were saved as a a place to equip the saints to go out and make disciples of all nations. That's really the whole point of of church, uh, in my view. Um, and you know, the last interview that I had with Pastor Steve McCraney, and I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it. Um, he wrote a book called "Love Jesus, Hate Church," and uh, his kind of view hmm. was the same thing. He said, you know. He said, um, right now churches focus so much on the lost that when you when it's all said and done, worship can't be true worship because the lost person can't really worship. They're just mm-hmm. there to watch a show. The, the lost person doesn't understand what's going on. They have no idea what the purpose of 
uh, communion is. You know, they may participate, but they have no idea what the purpose of that is. They have no uh, idea what uh, people are raising their hands for. They have no purpose or understanding of what that all means. And and because of that, I think we've kind of lost a sense of the identity of the body of Christ. You know, the body of Christ is really to equip us so that we can go out and make disciples. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, if you haven't listened, I would definitely recommend you going back and listen to that because it's a, it's a great episode, and, and Steve McCraney, he's a, a great friend of mine. So um, now, what do you think, in your view, Drew, that God is saying to the church as a universal body today? You know, I when I read these questions, I, this is the one that I think I stumbled on the most. Um, I, you know, I think... I think God really wants us to be knowledgeable. Um, I think that we are so easily led away by even going back to what we were talking about being, I am of Paul and I am of Cephas and I am blah, blah, blah. Um, I think that, that God, I think God is drawing people out. I mean, I really think that, that he is sifting through the wheat and the tare uh, a lot more now than he used to, especially because we are watching society transform into this moral relativistic society where, uh, you know, uh, gay marriage is now legalized. Uh, it's, it literally is a matter of time for us to be considered hate speech purveyors, uh, as Christians. Um, I believe that the churches will be taxed. Um, I think all of this is, is going to happen, you know, not, not immediate, not tomorrow, uh, but I think God is saying, get ready. And I think he's saying, you know, know where you stand, you know, at the, and I listened to a great uh, interview between Todd Friel of Wretched and uh, James White of Alpha and Omega Ministries. And Todd asked the question, he said, you know, what is it, what's the church going to look like in 10 years? And uh, James said, imagine go, walking into your church with a, a, a person standing outside with a clipboard, taking a census of who was walking into that church, knowing that you are going to be counted among uh, a group of people that are that that may or may not be taxed more because of your belief, you know, the, your ability to um, have your 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 quote unquote hate uh, belief. Uh, but imagine what that will do to the church, to those who right now go to churches like uh, Lakewood Church in Houston. Where money is is the 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 focus, prosperity is the focus. Uh, so uh, imagine a census taker out there saying, "Okay, well, you walk through those doors, you're going to be taxed two times more than what you were taxed before." Um, what will that do to those believers? I think we're going to see a separation. I think we're going to. I think God is saying, uh, "No, be confident, stand your ground, know know the word, uh, you know, get." Get an understanding of, of, of where you stand and, and be ready to be counted. Yeah, I saw that same interview. I think you had actually posted it on The Dirty Christian. So I, I actually watched um, that, and I thought that was kind of an interesting thought um, if that happened. I, I, hope, I hope that that's further down the road than what we're actually thinking. But, you know. Sure. Um, it is true, you know, and the thing is, is that the church is actually trying to uh, figure out how to navigate the the political correctness of that whole situation as well, and that's also another thing that can cause division in the church as well, um, because you have the hard nosed people, you know, uh, that are out there 
that absolutely refuse to to even acknowledge the uh, that particular type of social change. Um, mm-hmm. But then you also have the churches that are trying to say, you know, hey, we don't necessarily agree with your lifestyle, but we love you, you know. Mm-hmm. And that brings me to, you know, one of the really big things. You mentioned earlier that sometimes you're cocky, sometimes you're hard to deal with, sometimes you aren't very compassionate to others. Um, right. and, and I get that. I'm very much the same way. I work in retail, so, you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, <laughs> it makes it very difficult uh, sometimes to love others. Um, but, you know, a few years ago, God really got a hold of me um, and started teaching me this message about love, uh, you know, because the Word of God says, you know, or actually um, Jesus said this, you know, to first love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, and then love your neighbor as yourself. By doing this, you complete the entire uh, law of Moses, the entire prophets of the Old Testament. You you fulfill everything by doing just those two things. And when I started thinking about that, I was like, you know, that is truly a transformative love right there. Um, And I've mentioned this before on the podcast. I wrote an article about this very same subject. And then I made a comment about, you know, hey, if a Jehovah's Witness comes and knocks on your door and you slam the door in their face, are you truly loving your neighbor as yourself or are you um, hating them because they have a different view than you? And I challenged right. those that read that to basically say, you know, hey, you know, invite them in, show them love, give them a drink, you know, hear them out, but pray for them. And then when they leave, continue praying for them and show them love. And not five seconds after I got done with that article, there was a knock on my door and it was Jehovah's Witnesses. And so, you know, <laughs> I, I know without a shadow of a doubt that God was testing me to see if I was truly going to do exactly as I wrote in that article. And so, you know, it was two ladies that came to my door and they said that they were from the Kingdom Hall and, you know, and, and uh, I invited them in. And obviously two ladies, they didn't want to come into a single guy's house, you know. So um, we walked out on the porch and we sat there and we talked. Um, I let them say their peace, and then I told them the gospel of Christ, that I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he came to earth, he died, was resurrected for our sins, and that all of this other stuff isn't really that important. It's all about Christ and him crucified. Um, and I had one of them in tears by the time I got done giving them the gospel message. When they left, they walked down the stairs and they said, this was the most loving experience I ever had at a Christian's house. Now... The question that I would ask to anybody um, is, isn't that what we want to hear when we have interactions with people if they're lost? You know, I want them to hear that I love them. You know, I want them to hear that, you know, um, that I want them to hear the gospel and that they come to Christ. You know, that, I think that's very important. What do you think your your view on all that is? Uh, I was going to say that I, I echo the exact same thing that you said. Uh, I really, truly believe... Uh, that even in the midst of my lack of compassion, uh, I I know that it's not about it's not about me. There's no convincing enough argument that I'm going to give to somebody um, to to believe believe that that is the Holy Spirit's work. So uh, the only thing that God tells me to do is to to share the gospel and to love. Uh, and, and it really is about uh, servitude. So uh, 
you know, the Bible tells us that true religion is taking care of the widows and the orphans. And that specifically uh, is a demonstration of compassion. Uh, Paul is very clear in that no matter what we do, if, if love is not involved, then it's, it's not, it's irrelevant. And so um, Jesus came to show us an example of how to serve uh, and how to be for other people. So if I'm to believe that the Holy Spirit does all the work, even as a reformed person, uh, that the Holy Spirit does all the work, then, then it really is incumbent upon myself to do things in love and compassion. Uh, and unless I'm being physically attacked, uh, there's, there's no reason to be ultra uh, offensive or defensive. If I'm sharing the gospel, sharing the truth of Jesus Christ, uh, and that goes to any religion that comes to my door or any homosexual person, uh, it's the Holy Spirit's job to to draw them out and convict them. So I'm just going to show them love. And uh, in fact, something happened today on um, the Dirty Christian Facebook page. And I don't know if you had been paying attention to what had happened. Um, someone was posting, was making memes of my profile picture and posting some very hateful stuff about oh, wow. me. Did you, did you happen to see any of that? No, I actually didn't. So... Uh, there was a man who is a proclaimed atheist who who had taken, made several memes and posted them in the visitor posts. And there was one about uh, you know being brainwashed, being you know mentally raped. There was one about uh, apparent you know he was calling me out saying that I had you know I had child pornography and all this stuff. And it was just really hateful and very hurtful. Uh, but you know even though I did defend myself and I did actually reach out to that person directly. Um, the end result of that uh, actually turned around and, th and that guy ended up uh, taking everything down that he had posted and posting a public apology uh, that it was it was unbecoming of him to do that. Uh, and I didn't reach out to him in hate. I didn't come I didn't come to him ready to throw down and fisticuffs with him or, or uh, verbally abuse him. I, I simply reached out with the com with all the compassion that I could muster. Uh, and God, God got glory out of the situation. Well, I didn't even realize that, and uh, that's pretty awesome that uh, that that turned around like it did. I mean, you don't normally see that. Um, I've gotten into many online arguments with atheists and people of different oh, sure. faiths, and and sometimes it's it's very hard to resist uh, arguing. Um, but I've tried to teach myself not to argue <laughs> in general. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's totally awesome, and I'm sorry you had to go through that, but, you know, uh, to God be the glory in that scenario. So, uh, Amen. definitely. So, we're going to go ahead and wrap up, because we are currently at the 33-minute mark of the interview. So, right. I'm going to give you a few minutes to just uh, talk a little bit about how my listeners can actually find you, follow sure. you, and uh, hopefully uh, even uh, join your podcast as well. So, uh, sure. go ahead and take a few minutes for that. Okay, well, uh, if anything that I've said has uh, been interesting enough that you want to follow me on uh, Facebook, I would uh, just say go to facebook.com slash thedirtychristian. Uh, I also do YouTube videos a couple times a week. Uh, same thing, it's the YouTube channel is The Dirty Christian. Um, I have a website and I do post blogs. I actually have a couple writers uh, that help uh, write stuff too that is a little bit more confrontational uh, and a little bit more uh, real. So that's thedirtychristian.com. Um, and I'm also on Twitter at the dirty X I A N. 
uh, do a podcast on Tuesdays. You can find that on iTunes or on Podbean. Um, and really just, you know, if I had one listener or, you know, as many as I do, I'd, I would keep doing it because I love Jesus. And if one person gets, you know, gets a better desire or a stronger desire to serve the living, sovereign, awesome God that we have, that we serve, uh, if that makes a difference to them, then then I feel like I've served a purpose. So, um, you know, I just love Jesus, and, and I love talking about Jesus. Well, once again, I'd like to thank you for being on the program today and uh, really looking forward to seeing what else you do. And, uh, you know, if there's anything I can do for you, I'd really uh, love to help you because uh, I do enjoy uh, helping to build the kingdom of God. So, once again, like I said, thank you for being on the program. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. was a fantastic interview with Drew Kaler of The Dirty Christian. Uh, we definitely had a great conversation concerning, you know, the reform theology, the ideas around that, and how that particular uh, idea, ideology, and doctrine kind of fit in with the uh, unity movement, the unity argument, uh, and the unity conversation that uh, we should be having in the body of Christ. Um, so I, I just want to thank you again for tuning in to this, uh, this episode, episode three, uh, with Drew Kaler of The Dirty Christian. And I uh, just want to remind everybody that The Warrior's Cry is brought to you by 434 Graphics. For all your printing and marketing needs, contact me directly at 434graphics at gmail.com. Once again, that number is 434graphics at gmail.com. Uh, and I'll be glad to help you with any type of printing or marketing need you may have, either for your business, your ministry, or your church. Um, so I am definitely looking forward to helping you. And keep in mind that that uh, business is uh, my tent ministry, so to speak, so that I can actually afford to pay for all the gadgets and all the things that uh, this particular podcast may require in the future. So uh, keep 434 Graphics in mind if uh, you have any needs. And like I said, I'd be glad to help you with that. Um, I do have a few other podcasts that are coming up, and I am going to be adding uh, an extra podcast or two in uh, every once in a while, uh, doing like just a casual little Bible study or conversation um, with you as my listeners, uh, and maybe not having an interview. Uh, but I do have some exciting news as well uh, that I found out that uh, in June, I have an interview with Dr. Michael Brown of Fire School of Ministry. He was one of the principal leaders of Brownsville uh, Revival. I'm really, 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 really excited about that, and I cannot wait to actually talk to Dr. Michael Brown. So I do uh, pray for you guys, and if you have any prayer requests or anything that you need um, to just let me know about, send me an email, thewarriorscry at gmail.com. Send it to me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash thewarriorscry. Um, you can look up Twitter, um, and I am at thewarriorscry. That's my Twitter handle. And on Google+, Plus, it is 
plus the Warriors Cry 1. Plus the Warriors Cry 1. I uh, would love to hear you guys engage with me on the Facebook page or the various other mediums. And uh, stay tuned for some more exciting interviews in the future. God bless and thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.